The Bible Study Podcast, episode 431. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the Gospel of Matthew with chapter 12. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Continuing on with chapter 12, Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. He answered, Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read in the law that the priests on the Sabbath duty in the temple desecrate the Sabbath and yet are innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the innocent, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Going on from that place, he went into their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, If any of you has a sheep, and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and was completely restored, just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. It's interesting how many times the Pharisees and Jesus collide over the question of the Sabbath. And one of the things we have to understand, remember, is there's some history of where the Pharisees came from. Remember that The people of Israel in the Old Testament were divided into two nations, Judah and Israel, by rebellion against the son of Solomon. And the northern half went on and served other gods until they were destroyed centuries later. And the southern half went in and out of faithfulness to God. They would have good kings and they would do well. And then they would have evil kings who would turn towards the gods of the Israelites, the gods of Baal and Asherah, and they would do evil in the sight of God. And eventually they too were destroyed. They were brought into exile in Babylon. And when they come back, there's no Pharisees at the time of the exile. It's not until they come back and they're in Israel again, or they're in Judah again, that the Pharisees are formed. They're formed in between the Testaments, in between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And in part, they're formed because the forces of Alexander the Great come in And the leaders after him desecrate the temple, and there's this war of the Maccabees, which you can read about in the book of Maccabees if you happen to have a Catholic Bible, if you happen to have a Bible with books of the Apocrypha. But it tells of that revolt. And basically, at that time, the Pharisees are formed as a religious party to keep from happening what happened before. Let's keep from going back into exile. And to do that, let's make sure that we don't break the law of God again. It's a great goal. And so the Old Testament lesson says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. But what does it mean to not work on the Sabbath? And it says we should rest on the Sabbath. And they came up with a series of rules. What is working and what is not? So obviously the disciples here are not going into the grain field with threshers and scythes and sickles and harvesting the wheat, but they are in some sense if they're eating it. And so the question was, 
is that work or is that not? And it got very detailed in terms of the rules not in the Bible, but in the Talmud, in the the interpretations of the Bible by the teachers. You could spit on the ground, but if you wiped it in with your foot, you were you're doing irrigation. You could carry something the weight of two dried figs, and all of these very detailed rules. Jesus doesn't say ever that remembering the Sabbath is a bad thing, and I don't believe that Jesus thinks that. But what he's opposed to is that they don't understand the meaning of the Sabbath. Remember that what the Bible says is the Lord made the earth in six days and rested on the seventh, and that you should do the same. And so Jesus is telling us here and elsewhere that Sabbath is good. But as he says elsewhere, the Sabbath is made for man, not man for the Sabbath. This is not about a series of laws. This is about God saying, you need rest. You need rest. Rest is good for you. It's even separate, in really, from our ideas that that's the Lord's day, because every day is the Lord's day. Every day is a day that we should be doing God's work. Every day is a day that we should be worshiping God. And all that we do, even though we go to worship services on the seventh day, or for us on the first day, because it gets changed after Jesus' resurrection. But that rest is important. But what they're looking at is they're looking at the disciples, and they're saying, you guys are lawbreakers. And Jesus is saying... Don't you know all the other places in the Bible? Don't you know all the other places in the Old Testament where people seem to have broken the law and yet were found innocent? David, when he's on the run from Saul, they go into the temple and they eat the consecrated bread because they're hungry. Because God values people more than rituals. Don't you know that When the priest is working on the Sabbath, he's clearly breaking the rules, but it's not because there's a higher rule involved. Don't you understand, he says, that I desire mercy, not sacrifice. What does that mean? Now, he's quoting from the book of Hosea, and we've talked about the book of Hosea a couple times. I think we've done a study on Hosea. Hosea is a great book about mercy. Hosea is a prophet who is preaching to a people who have abandoned God who is told to marry a prostitute and told to do that because the people have prostituted themselves. And then at some point he's told to bring her back, reclaim her, as God wants to reclaim his people. God doesn't desire to punish them for their sin. God desires for them to repent and return. God's overall goal in everything he does, Old and New Testament, is that the people of God that all people return to him and that they have a relationship with him. And so he's saying you're looking at the details, but you're missing the big picture. You're missing what we're doing with Sabbath. You're missing what this whole book is about, really. And so as if to emphasize that, then he goes into the synagogue. Now, they have just given him a hard time about doing something on the Sabbath, that his disciples were doing something on the Sabbath. And so surely, as they say to him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He knows what their answer is. He knows that if he heals on the Sabbath, he will get in trouble with them because their understanding is that it is not right to heal on the Sabbath. It's not right to do any work on the Sabbath. 
But he says, don't you see that if you had a sheep and it fell into a pit, you would lift it out? You would do that because it's the right thing to do. How do you think it is the wrong thing to heal this child of God on the Sabbath? Do you think that God takes more joy in the rule following than he does the person? He doesn't. He takes more joy in restoration. He takes more joy in healing. He takes more joy in the joy that this man will find when he has two good hands. And so in the middle of the synagogue, in defiance of the Pharisees, In front of everyone, he says, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and it was restored. And sure enough, at this point, they say, for a healing, for doing something good, for doing something right, for showing the power of God, they go and they plot to kill Jesus. It's quite the story. And it does give us some pause when we get involved in what's sin and what's not sin and what are the rules and all of those sort of things. Pause to remember that the book of the Bible is not a book about rules. doesn't mean there aren't rules in it. doesn't mean that God doesn't want us to obey the Sabbath. It doesn't mean that we should go to soccer practice and not church. It doesn't mean any of those things. But that overall, God's most important priority is people. You, me, and everybody else. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, or Instagram as Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hello, I'm Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we are the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. What we believe is that addiction is not a surprise to God. That's right. We discuss addiction from a biblical worldview and how true freedom comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolute freedom from addiction. The secular worldview of once an addict, always an addict is just not true. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, subscribe to Life After Addiction at lifeaudio.com.